0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, and I want to welcome you and let you know that if you are tuned in to the Business Creators Radio show, you've probably fallen into one of four categories. You are an entrepreneur, small business owner or local business owner. You're a marketing or business coach. You're someone who helps folks like entrepreneurs build their businesses. This includes social media managers, web designers, media and publicity experts, anybody who helps others win at the game of marketing. And, of course, you may be a do-it-yourselfer who just loves to have your own hands on the levers and run your own business and run your own marketing. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Our iTunes channel can be found by doing a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. Now, today's episode is something that's very close to my heart, and this reflects challenges that even I've had before. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as the leader of an organization that renders services to others, I found myself in many of the same situations we're going to talk about today, and I know that many of our listeners have found themselves in situations thinking, You know, what's going on with my business? Uh, Why does it seem like I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not growing? How is it that I'm doing the same things that other people who claim they're making millions of dollars are doing, and here I am struggling? Uh, It's like I have the the deadly deadlines, and how am I going to get to the gym, and how am I going to enjoy life? So for today, I'm very, very, very excited to have with us our special guest, Carolyn Herford. And the title is, Business Unusual, Relief for Smart Women Who Want to Do Business Their Way Without Working So Damn Hard and Having Fun Doing It. Now, for the gentlemen, there are great tips for you here, too. So this is really for everybody. But I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Now, just to tell you a little bit about Carolyn before we jump in. Carolyn Herfurth is the founder of The Biz Truth and the creator of the Art of the Ask Academy. She's a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, trainer, and business mentor. She's advised thousands of people to make thoughtful decisions about business ownership and help launch nearly 100 businesses. So this is definitely somebody we should listen to. And I could go on and on and on with her credentials. She has done so many things, uh, but I'll just highlight a few. She's the author of Buying a Franchise. Tips, Tools, and tails for Doing It Right, and she's the co-founder of the Minnesota Franchise Spectacular, which is an annual trade show attracting thousands of individuals interested in owning a franchise. Uh, she had a 13-year sales career, a very successful sales career with Oracle, Rand Worldwide, and several other leading companies. She speaks extensively on sales and business ownership to a variety of entrepreneur groups, including New York Expo, Savior the Excuse me, Save for the Success, Small Business Expo, SHE Summit, The She Summit, Enlightened Entrepreneurs, National Association of Women Business Owners, SCORE, Small Business Development Center. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Carolyn, how are you doing today?
1: I am really great, Adam.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us, and as uh, our listeners saw, I was just reading some snippets from your bio. I mean, there's a very, very, very long list of accomplishments here. So uh, what I'd like to do here before we get started is, uh, Carolyn, I'm, I'm sorry, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you just fine.
0: Yeah, we have some minor technical difficulties on this end, so I apologize to our listeners for that. Uh, before we get started here, what I'd like to do is just sort of have you tell us in your own words and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today, helping service-based entrepreneurs build the confidence and the skills they need to double their closing rates, multiply earnings, and have fun in business without working so damn hard.
1: Oh, fun is what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> it's to be fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. It. I, I, so just you, you already touched on some of this, but I was in corporate America doing sales for 13 years, started my first right. business 11 and a half years ago. And uh, what I specialized in at the time, which, you know, the title of my book and the Franchise Expo that right. I co-founded um, indicate, I specialized in helping people find and start franchises. and. It was really fun for you know several years, and then I just I I, w- I was watching my clients um, who had invested all this money in starting a business, and they had a business in a box. It was everything was done for them except they had to execute right. and they had to sell and get clients. And I watched them struggle with the sales piece of the business, and I thought, well, I've been selling all these years. I can I can help entrepreneurs sell. And right. maybe I should do that. And then I also felt this real need to create something of my own, um, something new and fresh. I've always been someone who's kind of antsy. Um, you know, you as an entrepreneur, and those of you listening, <laughs> everyone has kind of that little built-in shiny object syndrome to a certain degree. But I was ready. <laughs> I had, I had, I, you know. So I hit the seven-year itch in that business, and I started the Biz Truth and really focused on working with service-based entrepreneurs and helping them master selling their own services. Selling a product is one thing, selling yourself is completely different. So, that's what I really focused on and then because I had spent so many years helping people design business models, it just was a natural extension of teaching people how to sell because if you don't if your business isn't set up right, it's really hard to sell it. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to get clients. So, um, so that's really the long and short of it. And I'll tell you, I really struggled with selling myself when I started my first business, even though I've been successful in corporate.
0: Right. Cause so there's a big oh, difference between yeah. selling somebody else's stuff and selling your own. I think we'll get into that a little bit.
1: Huge difference. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so here on the Business Creators Radio Show, for those of you who have been listening, you already know this. For those of you who are new to us, welcome, and just want to let you know that part of what we do here is we provide our listeners the tools, techniques, and strategies to help you quickly grow your business and win at the game of marketing. Now, a lot of our listeners tell me that they have everything they need to execute any of the strategies we share, except for time and money. Now, Carolyn, do you see this as an issue for those who are trying so hard to succeed a business? (laughs) (laughs)
1: i know i shouldn't i shouldn't laugh i'm but i've 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 done this to myself before i think that we have this this belief that business has to be hard and that it um that there's some magic bullet that will solve everything for us and until we find that magic bullet then we're just going to have to toil and struggle. And I don't believe that. I, I, and, I, and I also don't believe there is such a thing as a magic bullet. The magic bullet is within you. <laughs> um, okay. And un- unfortunately, we end up, as a result, end up doing um, kind of mimicking what other people are doing rather than finding our own truth in our business, and that's what makes business hard and such a struggle for so many people. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense, and I I see it all the time. Uh, Everybody I know uh, will say, well, I'm looking at somebody, and I see how they're doing it, so I should do that for my own business. And I've been a firm believer, and tell me if I'm right about this, or tell me if I'm kind of all wet, or if there's something else I need to know. I believe that, worship of your internet marketing heroes praise of a false god. And what I mean is if you find somebody and you try and just simply copy what they're doing, you're making a lot of assumptions about your own market and your own business, which means basically you're assuming that your market and your business are actually their market and their business. What works well for them may not work for you. My belief is, is you study mentors. You study those who have blazed the trail before you and you find the best of what's out there that resonates with you and for your business and you adapt it and then you sort of create your own style and that's what gets Success. How am I doing with that? Now, tell me how I'm doing.
1: I, I I do agree, and I think it is good to see what other people are doing. But you're right the the direct mimicking of Wow, that really works for this guru coach, and so I'm just going to do what she does. I'll tell you, I have done that, Adam, and right. I have regretted it. It's painful, painful experience. And you know, it, 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 it's so. You're right. You're absolutely right. Unfortunately, people ha- um, get lost in the in the observing and the mimicking and never really truly find their own voice in their own way um, because they don't know some of the foundational pieces of business that they, that will really help them do that.
0: Sure. So they're looking to copy a model, but perhaps they're not really understanding what drives that model because that yeah. model is successful for that other person. That person may understand the foundation, then they built their own mansion on top of it. So what they're looking at is they're looking at the mansion, but they're not looking at what supports that mansion.
1: That's absolutely right. Absolutely right.
0: Okay. All right. So let's dive right in here because we have a lot to cover. Business unusual?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because I – so doing business as usual is following everybody else, just like we just touched on. It's looking what right. other people are doing. It's It's doing it the way they do it, even if in your heart – or your stomach or your gut or your head, there's this little – either. it's either a little tiny voice or it's a big freaking screaming neon big screen that's saying, no, 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 don't do that. So unfortunately, too many people are doing business as usual, which is copying everybody else. Instead of doing business unusual, which is leading yourself, it really is. right into that so I like to call it business unusual I also call it biz happier <laughs> because when you're doing biz, biz, business unusual you're do you're 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 doing biz happier you're it, it it takes away the hard um hard is is the mimicking it's the copying so that's that's what business unusual is all about
0: right right and I think we raise a very critical point which is yeah, we're all trying to mimic what other people are doing. At least I see way too many people doing that. And I think what gets lost, and I know we're going to touch on this a few more times just as we work around the circle, is we lose our own truth in all of this. We do things because somebody said, oh, yeah, you have to do that. I make the point in my own business sometimes, and I've written articles about this, just because your business should do something according to the market. Like, let's say you offer one type of service, which means you really should offer this other type of service. doesn't mean you have to. I Classic oh. example, I've seen so many marketing companies that offer products, that offer training programs, and they'll say, oh, and we'll build your website for you too. Well, do you know how many of those websites actually get done?
1: Right, right, or done well. <laughs> I mean, they might get done, but do they get done well? You know, and it's really interesting. I, I have a um, – I run an accelerator for specifically for women entrepreneurs. And um, the, the way I have the program set up is it's a model n- nobody's ever seen. And okay. it was, and so what I had been trying to do was I was looking at cash, what do people need? And, and, Oh, you know, everyone's got these masterminds over here. They've got this group program over there. They do private coaching or VIP. Like there are all these different ways that everybody was, Doing business and kind of the common, especially from an internet marketing or a service based business type of um, model, it was really easy to follow that. And so I created something that works really, really well for me and it works really, really well for my clients, but you're not going to see it anywhere else. And the interesting thing about it is I still, Adam, I still struggle from time to time because I'm like, oh, well, I know it's working for them and I know it's working for me. So that's all good. But Oh, I don't know. You know, the the downside of it is I, you know, I can only handle six people at a time. And, you know, when you only have six people in a program, are those six people going to talk enough about you and their experience with the program? Like, you don't have the, the mouthpieces. So I look at some of the downside of it. I'm like, but I can't have 100 people in that program and still deliver the same results. And so there is, like, there is, there's always a little, for me, as successful as this program is. There's always still a little bit of an internal struggle like wow, I could wish, you know, I wish I could serve more at once so that I could have you know, greater word of mouth. Um and it's kind right. of ridiculous, but it's you know, that's reality. I'm you know, I'm an expert, but I also am human.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> all
1: you like it is.
0: Right. You're you're and I and I think you're you're onto something with that as well. Now, being in a service business especially is tough and you're touching on some key points that we run into with service businesses, which means, you know, many times we can only serve so many people at a time unless we expand the team. And that's a road I've been down twice in my life and my business before. Now, I know so many service business owners who have these dreams of disconnecting their direct phone line and going into full blast, full-time info marketing, which you and I both know is a very tough way to go. You can be extremely successful at it, but you've got to be focused at it. Now, what do you see are some of the unique challenges facing service-based businesses, and how can we overcome them?
1: Well, gosh, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of layers to that question, So, um, <laughs> uh, and really a lot of layers in the answer. So, you know, one really obvious – so, gosh, where do I want to start with this? So one really, really obvious thing is you have to figure out, well, gosh, what's the right thing to offer people? And so oftentimes people start there like, oh, well, I've got this package or this program or whatever I want to do, uh, you know, whatever I want to offer. So they might get that piece figured out and get it figured out somewhat, you know, in a way that feels like, oh, well, that was easy. Um, but then we get into the right. whole list thing. What kind of community are you dealing with and how plugged in are you to them and them to you? So we've got social media, we've got email marketing. We've got word of mouth. We've got, you know, if we're trying to just keep everything to, th- this is an internet-based question, so I'll stay out of where I make most of my money, which is offline. Um, right. But, but th- though that is really difficult. And I think um, one of the struggles that I personally used to have and um, a, a lot of my clients and colleagues have had is really finding a way to, A, express Your authentic voice. So we are all Pavlov's dogs as consumers and as business owners. Right. Like um, a a lot of internet marketers will use the 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 trigger and alarm and try to scare us and like rub salt in the wound about how the world is going to end if we don't buy (laughs) this program that they (laughs) offer, and that works really well because we respond to it. And so, right. if you're a service-based business who is trying to speak authentically, and and hitting that alarm trigger is not authentic to you, like it feels sleazy or um, disingenuous, it's really um, it, it's it, it's it, it's really um, hard to get the response that you're looking for because
0: right.
1: because of those reasons. So. There's, there's that huge piece of it. Um, So for the people who are on your list or in your community, finding that way, that balance is so critical. And we're all buried with email, buried, buried, buried. Like how many, how many emails do you get a day? Hundreds, probably. Please don't tell me thousands, but hundreds. And so, how how do you really stand out from that crowd and be true to yourself? So there's that piece. And then, of course, there is the, the community building itself. One of my clients in my accelerator just asked me this, asked about this um, uh, the, earlier this week. She said, Carolyn, you mentioned, and I know this is going to sound crazy, Adam, so you're going to be like, I brought her on as an expert, really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I... I, I personally do not focus on list building for the sake of list building. And this client picked up on that. She's like, why do you not do that? And I said, because I've hosted the telesummits. I've done a lot of things that are, quote, unquote, list building strategies that got people to my list. But oftentimes it wasn't worth the, the number, the volume for the effort or um, – it took away from something else that that could have been more profitable and more intimate. So one of the things like, this is what I know. So I'll going back a couple of years, I only focused on internet marketing. I was determined. I went from a, um, offline business. And when I say offline, like making my connections through the community, like the one that you touch, right. And not just a keyboard community. And so, um, I had built a really successful business doing that. And when I started The Biz Truth, I decided, boy, I'm going to be this Internet marketer. I've got, you know, let's like make money while I sleep, da-da-da-da-da. But I wasn't even making money while I was awake when I did that. And I spent literally a year just focused on Internet marketing. It was the worst year of my life. I was up all night. I had no social life. Um, I didn't make m- much money. It was it, it you know, it's all relative, right? But I didn't write as much as I wanted. And so when I said, Carolyn, you're trying to mimic what other people are doing. You're trying to do stuff that isn't true to you. And one of the things that uh, I know to be true about myself, but I was ignoring it for a full year, is that people really connect with me uh, on, a, on a on a personal basis. Even if I'm out in the community and I do a talk, it doesn't work for me to just make an offer from the stage. My offer has to okay. be and if you want to talk, if you want to chat, and I might be, like, winding around. I'll get back to your question, Adam. But, I'm, <laughs> like, I've had to learn what really works for me and what people respond to. And so that is one of the unique challenges facing service-based businesses is if you don't know the best way that people respond to you and if you're trying to 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 again um do what you think you're supposed to be doing rather than what is true to you it, it it like business can become very unfun and very hard very quickly
0: i think i've been there at least once or twice in my life i've told stories about this in other places where It's gotten very frustrating, and it feels like I'm under a lot of pressure to do things that I don't really want to do. And I think sometimes uh, there's actually another question i like to throw in here. I'm not sure if you have anything to say about this, so just let me know if I'm asking a question that's outside the scope. But I find with a lot of, particularly service-based entrepreneurs, their businesses rely very heavily in many cases on word of mouth and referrals. And sometimes they find themselves in situations where their referral partners are trying to strong-arm them into accepting referrals they don't really want. Uh, I I think a classic line could be something along the lines of, wait a minute, I'm referring somebody to you and you don't want to work with them? Well, maybe I just won't send you referrals anymore. We'll see how your business does then. Or they'll say, hey, you know, I want to send you all these referrals, but uh, I need you to do this. And the thing that they're asking you to do is something you don't want to do or it's something that makes you uncomfortable. I mean, at one, t- at one time, I had somebody say to me, you know, I'm aware that you have such and such person as a client and unless you stop talking about them on your blog, I'm not going to be able to send you referrals anymore. Now, in that case, I told them, fine, don't send me referrals because I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to betray one of my best clients. But I think many entrepreneurs do find themselves in situations where it feels like their referral partners are trying to take them down roads and sometimes with people they don't want to go. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> what you did was right. You're just like, you know what, forget it. Then your referrals aren't, you know, then that's fine. I think life is way too short to do business with people you don't want to do business with, people who don't bring you right. complete Joy and make you like make your toes curl because you're having so much fun in uh in working with them, so if somebody says, "Oh, I'll send you business if you do business in this way, well, then you're not being true to you, and ultimately, the client is the one who suffers um and then that circles back around because what goes around comes around right, so if you end yeah. up doing business in a way that doesn't work for you. You're not gonna have these delighted clients who're like, "Oh my god, you've got to work with Adam. He's the best. He like totally over delivered. I felt like I was at Disney World because he under promised and over delivered, and it was amazing." Um, and there are a lot of people out there who can send business. There just there are tons. And it, 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 so I, I, you did the right thing in that case. And I would encourage anyone else to never. My my five word mantra is dare to live your truth. Your truth, not somebody else's truth, your truth. And so anytime I ever question, like, wow, does this feel right? Or um, is there something like this deeper knowing inside of me that says, wow, not only on the outside do I kind of get revolted by that, (laughs) but on the inside I know (laughs) it's not right for me. Even though short-term it feels very alluring to say, ooh, or tempting to say, I should do it because – you know, I really like it's going to bring in this much revenue, and we start justifying and rationalizing, and then you're screwed.
0: Uh-huh. Can I
1: can I say that on this show? <laughs>
0: you you can you can say whatever the f you want. <laughs> part of what attracted part of what attracted me to having you on the show here is when you showed us the title you wanted to share with us about. Doing business your way without working so damn hard, I'm thinking, yes, this is something we absolutely need to share. This is something that absolutely needs to be said. And before we move on to the next segment here, I want to highlight something that you just mentioned. When you accept referrals and you do business in a way that is not an element of your own truth, this is what people miss way too often is, that customer, that referred customer, is ultimately the one that suffers because your heart's really not in it. You're you're here because you have to be, because somebody bludgeoned you into it and you can't stand the person, or maybe they're a nice enough person, but they're really not somebody you would ever willingly take on as a client of your own. And then you end up, I mean, you may do a good job, but there's a difference between doing a good job and doing an, oh, my God, this is an absolutely amazing, you must hire this person type job big difference. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I will confess I've found myself in that situation where I had clients that uh, I took on uh out of a courtesy to somebody else and I Did a competent, good job. I delivered point by point everything that was on that agreement. And I even threw in a little extra. But the thing was, it was never my top priority. Uh, I felt that I did a great job, you know, on my estimation, but it wasn't my, oh my God, I'm laying up nights because I'm so excited about this opportunity that I just want to do it all the time and everything like that. It was more like I'm laying up nights thinking, okay, what's the fastest path to get this done so this person says they're happy and we can move (laughs) on now? And and when I saw myself going down that road, I said, stop. No, 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 no. That's not what we're in business here for. Something needs to change right now. So I recognize that and I put a stop to that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like the, you know, I have friends who have maybe remodeled a house and have, have a buddy who says, well, I'll help you. You know, this is what I do for a living, but I'll help you at nights and weekends. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, four years instead of four days to get the project done because that person is like, well, I, you know, I'd rather be making money. I'd rather be watching TV. I'd rather be at my kid's ball game. Like, so I, I truly believe that we need to pay people what they're worth and we need to work yeah. with people we love. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I personally don't, I personally don't do barter deals. The reason being is when push comes to shove, the opportunity that's bringing the cash in the door is always going to come first. The barter deal never rarely brings in the cash per se. It may get you some kind of service in turn, but it doesn't feel the same in your bank account as cash. So I tend to avoid barter deals. And, uh, and when I look at things like joint ventures or partnership opportunities, I look very closely at what's going to be expected of me. And, based on where my contribution is going to be, where is this really going to position me in the relationship? And if I'm not getting a hell yes feeling, I'm saying hell no.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really smart. That is really smart. Yes. And there's energy and money too, Adam. So, you know, I'd much rather write you a check for a thousand bucks and have you write me a check for a thousand bucks back. I want to deposit that thousand dollars. You know, I don't care if it's a credit you know card deal. Like, like, just make the exchange with real money. I love having money go into my checking out, and I love Thank having you. it go out.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Because because the funny thing in my business is a lot of my clients, I'm also their client's. Now, sometimes we offer each other friends and family discounts, but anytime the question comes up of, well, you know, I'll do this for you for free and you do your thing for me for free, I say, no, 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 no. We're going to do it for each other. And, yeah, it feels like we're playing a shell game with the money, but let's pay each other what we're worth. If we want to offer each other friends and family discounts, that's fine, but uh, yeah, but let's compensate each other fairly because for the reason you just said, uh, there's nothing like the the ching in the bank account to get you motivated.
1: That's true. That's true, that.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Now, Carolyn, you talk about changing subjects here a little bit. You talk about what's known as the sales confidence factor. Now, can you define that and show us how it impacts our business and bottom line?
1: Well, so the sales confidence factor really is – so, first of all, if you are in business, you're in sales. And so, it's most most people I meet are accidental salespeople. Because they start their business, they're all excited about starting their business, Then they're like, oh, crap. Where are my clients? I thought they would just come to me. I thought that they would just, like, hand me a check or, you know, go online (laughs) and click buy now. And it's not working that way. So now what do I have to do? And they go into this panic. Um, And in many cases, sheer terror that they have to sell. And so there's this, so there's that that at play, and then there's this other thing of then they're like, okay, well I'll make some calls, I'll do some networking, I'll have conversations <laughs> with people, and they kind of like force themselves to do it, especially if you're a woman, you have to wear Spanx if you're out networking, and that's a not that you know tugging those things on isn't funny, fun, Adam. So, um, right. So there's that piece, and then oftentimes those, those conversations, people think it's their job to convince the potential client to buy from them. So, it's like me sitting here and pitching you and saying, "Oh my gosh, Adam, you totally need to buy this thing of mine because it's the best and it's going to help you do this, this and this and you know, I I think it's my job to convince you when really it's not." So, there's that that um that glitch in a lot of people's conversations. Another thing that people do that is a mistake when it comes to selling is not only try to convince, pitch, or you know present someone with their with their their attitude, uh, with their attitude, with their service or whatever they're offering. There's also mm-hmm. this piece of um, God, I just lost it. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's also a piece of um, not knowing how to to. I like to look at a sales conversation as a collaboration. So there's there's this other piece of feeling like, well, I don't want to brag about myself or I don't want to push it too far. I don't want to step on any toes. And so you might have a perfectly nice conversation but not um, know how to close the deal. So all of this stuff gets wrapped up. So it's like, okay, I'm in business. You you you, you totally ambush me with the sales thing. What? I have to sell? And then I try it and I suck at it. And I, I don't feel true to myself doing it. And all of these things are all, like, bundled up. So there's tons of, like, negative energy that goes with um, what selling represents for people. And so what happens when that happens is you lose confidence. And we've, especially women, I don't know about you guys, but women are, are taught not to, not to shine or not to show off or not to brag and so this piece of sharing what you've done or standing out or succeeding people have all sorts of fears and things that go with this um that comes into play. I, I the, <laughs> there's something I call pimps uh th- that that
0: yeah. are <laughs> I, I love you, it. I love it.
1: <laughs> yes, I pimps really interfere with a lot of people and pimps is an acronym. So the the first p stands for purpose and um, PIMPS, it, it, it's a lot of times people aren't aligned with the, what their purpose is. They don't remember why they started their business or what they're doing it for. So, you know, that's one. Um, uh, the I in PIMP stands for influences. We have these influences that um, we were brought up with our parents and how they talked about sales. So, that example of you know, don't shine or don't brag about yourself or, you know, you can't make a lot of money or you're going to be like the man, Um, you know, and we're all railing against the man. So there are these influences that we get growing up. Um, The M and PIMP stands for manipulation. So that's where, hey, well, so let me ask you this. Have you ever bought something that you feel like you were, you were manipulated or coerced or kind of cornered to buy? Has that ever happened? Right. It, probably. Like most people, when I ask that question when I'm speaking, they'll raise their hand I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, the car or the this or the that. And so manipulation, like we have this association with if I'm selling, I'm manipulating, not realizing that there's a different way to go about doing it. So that's the M. Um, um, the second P is, um, it's been so long since I've talked
0: about
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> um is that we don't have the personal self-worth. So this is where we start to, we start to um, uh, really, we don't own the value that we deliver. And this really goes for, I mean, this really goes for service-based entrepreneurs where you're selling your own service and we, we don't claim it. We don't own it. We don't really, we think, well, yeah, you know. It, so I'll tell you, I'll just give you an example I remember talking to a a coach of mine several years ago and I had helped over a hundred people start businesses and I didn't think that was a big deal. (laughs) Like, I'd been a business owner for a while. I'd written a book. You know, I thought, well, the book, that's kind of a deal, but not really. And then, you know, she's like, Carolyn, how many people do you know who have helped who've played a hand in the launch of over a hundred businesses? And I'm like, um, Hmm. Good question. So like we don't always see the amazing things that we've done with our lives. So there's that personal self-worth thing or attaching what the meaning is to that. So that's the the second P. And then finally, we have not been brought up to sell. We have not been taught how to sell because most people who start businesses didn't come out of a sales background. You know, I went into business. I went I graduated from college and I knew I wanted to sell because my um, sophomore year in college, one of my marketing uh, professors said, Well, most people who run companies came out of sales. most presidents and CEOs had had been accomplished salespeople, and so you should really learn how to sell and i 'm like okay well that 's where i 'm going to start um, so But most people who start businesses don 't have that background or that passion for learning to sell in the way that I did and I recognize that so these pimps really interfere. With, um, with the sales confidence. And so in order to really get started is to recognize, okay, which of these pimps are really in the way and what do I need to be doing to uh, overcome them? And th- then as you start ticking each of those pimps off of your list and really embrace that sales is a collaboration and it's fun, your sales confidence totally shifts. And sales becomes fun instead of something you dread. Long answer to a short question. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, on a related topic, and you've said this, if you're an entrepreneur, you're basically in marketing and sales. Because otherwise, how are you going to grow that entrepreneurial venture? I mean, if you're in business, you are in marketing, you are in sales. And having to do sales and marketing is not the same as being a salesperson or a marketer, as you explain there, because you have all these issues with the pimps and everything else. And I've also heard you say that you believe that we're all born salespeople. So um, how can you, you know, how are we all born salespeople? I mean, is this, Is this? am I simply restating what you just said because the pimps are in a way or is there something else we need to be aware of that helps us get that born salesperson out of us so that we can go forth and prosper?
1: Right. Yeah. At, at that, no. It isn't the same way. So I think we're all born salespeople because when you are born, you you're not you don't even have awareness, right? You're not really conscious yet, and so you're a baby. You're hungry. You cry. Your diaper is full. You cry. You want to be held. You cry. And so crying is the first form of selling. It's getting attention, <laughs> and we. So we all. Like have this natural instinct as kids, and it may not be the you know the smoothest way of selling. It's not like today I'm going to cry and go, Adam, I want you to buy this from me. You know, it's that's not how it's done today as adults. But as kids, you are a born salesperson. You like you know how to get attention and to get what you want. Um, and it's up to your parent to know whether you're hungry or whether they need to change your diaper or whatever. Not all parents have that figured out, especially on airplanes. Dang it. Um, but that's that's a, that's a great for another day. Um, so so we are born salespeople, and if you think about it, when you're like, let's say that you're with your your wife, your partner, your significant other, and you want pizza and she wants Chinese, that conversation is like both of you are are having a conversation or selling what your point of view is on why you want pizza instead of Chinese, or your wife is selling you on. Why the garbage needs to come out. Now, it's not always the smoothest, most enjoyable sales um, situation, but we do it naturally because, it's there, because there are things that we want or that need to, be to, need to get done to make the home a happier place or to make the relationship more balanced. So that's what I mean by we're all born salespeople. But then life knocks us out of it, knocks it out of us and we we quit asking for what we want; we get rejected, and so we think, "Oh gosh, I'm not worthy and All these things keep popping up, and it does really that's where the pimps start to to um really play a big factor in our association and relationship with what selling is all about.
0: so I talk about things that knock the wind out of you um in these tough economic times, and the people say just keep getting tougher and tougher and tougher, getting seed capital or getting a loan is tougher than ever. I mean, back in 2008, I had loan officers showing up at my apartment unannounced, holding the agreement and the pen. That's how much they wanted to loan me money. True story, this really happened. I kid you not, it actually happened. But man, uh, five years, yeah, and, and back in 2008, I took on that loan. I paid the thing off on time free and clear on my credit report, big check mark. He paid that loan on time. So five years later, I decided, yeah, let's do it again. And he said, no, we won't because you don't make enough money. And I'm thinking, okay, what I'm asking for is a simple debt consolidation if you give me this loan, it solves the very problem you claim I have. That's why we're having this conversation. (laughs) Uh, But I just couldn't get through to that because I couldn't convince them to not count my student loan debt three times. Oh, my goodness. It, it, it's just silly some of the things that they will do to deny you money. So it can be very disheartening. All you need is a little cash to get the engine running. All you need is a, is a little bit of something, a little bit of cushion to help ease the ride so you can go on and do your entrepreneurial thing. But, man, the, the clamps on the cash have really tightened up, especially in the past three years with all the new regulations and all the changes in the economy. So if your business is down. Or you know that having a little bit of cash come into that business is gonna make a big difference and it's gonna get you motivated and it's gonna get you moving forward. How can you fund your business when you're in the slump or just need the cash? Because we all need cash.
1: You know, well, if so, if I actually have a whole um, report on different ways that you can fund your business. So, uh, you know, you, there obviously are loans, but you're saying, okay, let's say you can't get a loan, let's say you're not in a position to get a loan. Is that the question? That's the question thinking, a lot of
0: people are facing right now, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, there, there there, are a lot of different ways, and you're not going to like my answer because it's, it's so obvious. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I only work with service-based entrepreneurs. And so the, the question I – or the thing I say to every single one of my clients is, well, how can we make money with what you've got right now? What can we do? Okay. To make- selling something, anything. So short of, oh, you can cash in a 401k, you can do this, you can do that, like short of all those, sell something on eBay. So let's just set those things aside. One of the things I do with every single one of my clients is every person has something to offer that's worth something, no matter where you are, what phase you are in business. And so I call it so what I do with clients is I do what I call a money momentum session where I okay. I ask a bunch of questions and then I look at your business. So I look at every asset that you have and I'm talking assets like it might be your list, it might be an idea that you've got for something you want to do. It might be taking something bigger that you sell and breaking it apart. And what I do is I find a way for people to make money right now without having to get a loan, without having to, you know, go to the credit cards or do something like that. So I know I'm answering the question probably in a little different way, and maybe your situation was different, but I think oftentimes, oh, I shouldn't say I think, I know that when we're in our own stuff, and you're in this place where it's like, wow, I really need the cash, I would have looked at your business, whenever, however long that was ago, and said, hey, answer these questions for me send me this paperwork and then let's get on the phone because I'm going to give you something that you can do right now to take the skills that you've got and the assets that you've got and, and we'll find something that you can sell right now to start generating cash so you can fund yourself rather than funding, you know, getting funding through someone else. And it's really interesting because I have, um, I, I, I do that service for my clients who join my accelerator and, One woman, she got 29 new clients in less than two weeks. And it was just like, boom. So it's, I know, it sounds so simplistic and like I'm some miracle worker. That's not my point. But I I do believe that if you can find someone else to um, put fresh eyes on your business, you can often find ways to create your own cash rather than get funding from someone else.
0: Well, and I think there's a lot of things that we have going on right now that, uh, you know, because we talk about the fastest path to the cash and what can we do to make money right now. uh, What I'm going to be doing in my business, uh, for those of you who are listening, this can be a little bit of a preview, is we have a series of products and training courses we're going to be releasing because we recognize in our list, in our community, we have a lot of do-it-yourselfers and we have a lot of people that will invest for microscopic or very small pieces of the puzzle because maybe they know the whole puzzle. They're looking to fill in certain gaps. And and, and some advice I give folks is um, as much as we hear sometimes in guru level marketing, you know, be you know, be wary of the warrior forum special offers. You should really take a very close look at that model because you see all these big names, these people that uh, say they get paid sixty thousand dollars for VIP days, but here they are in the warrior forum selling nineteen dollar products. Why do you think they're selling those nineteen dollar products? I'll tell you two. I'll tell you two reasons why. First of all, because it gets more cash in their pocket they have a skill they have a brilliance at writing the sales copy and writing the emails and they have the list they can make you know nineteen dollars multiplied by a thousand or five thousand or even five hundred that's a lot of cash Uh, 19 19 times a hundred is two thousand bucks how many people listening right now feel that $2,000 could potentially make a big difference today. So imagine if you could come up with something, sell it for 20 bucks, and sell 100 of them. That's 2000 bucks. especially mm-hmm. if it's digital download. You don't have to do a fulfillment. Uh, all you do is you make PDFs and you stick them someplace. I mean, you can put up a WordPress website and put the wishlist member plugin on it, connect it to your merchant account. That takes a couple hours to do. It can just be a basic, basic membership site. Enter your username, enter your password, download. doesn't have to be anything all that elegant, but man, you can, you know, if you want to do a membership site, that's the best way to do it. Simple membership site, uh, log in, download, and get your customers to pay for the elegant one. That's yeah, what I, I mean, say. There's
1: so, there's so many different ways to do it and that's right for some people. And for others to be like, Oh my God, then how do I keep that membership site updated and how do I deal with the ongoing support of that? So I think that that's a really great path for certain people. But, you know, for certain it, people. Yeah, for certain people. And, you know, using that same principle of what's one little skill or one little thing that you can peel off of something, you know, a bigger program that you do. And so when you talk about the Warrior Forum, so an example of that is what I, oftentimes what I do with my clients when it's um, when I'm doing a money momentum session with them, which is all about how can we create really quick revenue, like like immediately that's easy for you to bring in. Oftentimes I look at the like all the things that they do, and I'm like, okay, go sell this one little tiny thing and sell it for I don't you know it depends on what it is, but it might be for a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or twenty bucks. Um I'm usually more on the higher end of that with my clients. But um, that, I mean, that is a thing. And it's so funny because they'll say to me, God, that was so easy. Like, I thought this, it, I, they so many times overcomplicate. And right. I have known to overcomplicate. So believe me, my, my, um, my superpower now is to simplify stuff down to the, easiest like kindergarten Mm -hmm. level (laughs) um words and and processes and steps so that people are like oh that's how this works that that fits over here like it doesn't wow that's simple it's like little legos so that's um so yes i agree with that and you just have to look at uh, it's all relative to where you are in your business and what services that you're offering so you bring up a great point
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk about product creation. Sometimes product creation is as simple as gather up a bunch of stuff you've done and sell it as your private swipe file. I mean, part of the reason I came up with this idea and part of the reason I interjected in, into this conversation is because I looked at my continuing education budget and how much of that were these little $20 courses or $25 courses that answered one specific question. Hey, if a lot of people have that question and you can get them the answer and you can get that en mass. There's no reason why you shouldn't do that, especially if it doesn't take you that long to put it together. I bought this swipe file of marketing emails, and all it was was a big zip file with a bunch of text documents in it. And some of those text documents were actually empty. It was kind of of funny. I think the guy just gathered up a bunch of his emails and put them in text files. But the value of it and the thousands and thousands of dollars I've made by having that swipe file available to me for inspiration more than validated the $29 investment, if you ask me. So mm-hmm. Carolyn, um Carolyn, we have about you know we have about uh nine minutes here. This is just going so quick. We could probably do separate interviews on each and every question and each and every topic we've covered here. But uh what I'd like to do is, you know, as we start to wrap up here, um You know, we talk about, uh, you know, doing business our way without working so damn hard. And now for the overwhelmed entrepreneur with seven deadly deadlines and 26 screaming emails in their inbox who's just so frustrated that the word urgent don't mean nothing to them, that they're just so frazzled that this client uh, sends them an email with the subject line urgent and it's them reminding them for the third time of that thing they were supposed to do and they just can't even get the fire under their bottom to move because they're just that stressed and they're just that. it's like this is not fun anymore how do we get them out of that and get them back to the fun part
1: yeah you know I I, I love that question and it's I'm actually doing a webinar in one hour which uh, which is all yeah. about this topic it's all about how do you biz happier how can you make fun you know fun is the new work you know remember, like remember when we were all turning 40 and we're like oh 40 is the new 30 <laughs> Well, fun is the new work, right? And so yes. um and so the first thing people need to do is if it feels hard, stop. Like just stop and go, "Okay, what is going on here?" I'll give you an example. So I've got my webinar coming up. I do webinars pretty regularly. The technology is all worked out, we have our systems, everything's done. For some reason, a PDF wouldn't load the right way. I have no idea, no idea why. And I just sat there. I looked up into the air, and I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me here? Like, (laughs) what's going on? This shouldn't be this hard. We're talking a PDF here. So I took a breath. I went to yoga. I came back done. Like, it wasn't even an issue anymore. And so the the, the harder thing is I think if it feels hard, stop, okay? So that's the first thing I want to say. And then I'm going to give three tips that will just really – it really helps people start to weave stuff together, and it's actually probably more than three tips. But if we get down to the bare, bare bones of what you need to do to make your business fun, the very first thing you need to do is um, what I call the four Ds some people want to make, you know, six figures. Some people want multiple six figures. Some people want seven or eight six figures. Whatever your number is, it doesn't matter. You have to follow these same four steps no matter what. So the first step is what I call, and these are my four Ds, the first step is what I say declare. Declare what you want your business to do for you. So a lot of people will start with what they're doing for others. No, 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 no. You're the one who's sacrificing your time, your money, your sleep, your, you know, whatever it is. So you damn well better be clear on what you want your business to do for you. And so that means getting clear on why you started your business in the first place, what income you need to make, want to make, or fantasize about making. Um, right. And then also understanding the lifestyle and legacy that you want to enjoy and that you want to be remembered for. So that's the, the declaration piece of the four Ds. The second D is what I call defining. And that thing, this is what I want my business to do for others. So you have to be super hyper, uber clear on who that ideal client is. I call them a perfect peep. Um, What you do for them, what value do you bring? How are you perceived as a thought leader? What are you doing that everybody hasn't heard before, right? Um, Right. And so that's that's the definition phase. And then the third step in all of this is designing. Then, so you take what you want your business to do for you, what it does for others, and then saying, okay, how am I going to package and price this bad boy? Because it sounds like this audience is the same as mine, which is we're mostly selling services or bundles of something, right? Um, not necessarily a quote unquote tangible product that I can pick up and you know drink my coffee out of in the morning. So. It's really saying, what's the best way? What are my low-touch, mid-touch, and high-touch offers? What are my price points? How are all those numbers going to work together in order to make sure that I get what I want, that I declared that I want, and that's going to deliver the greatest impact with, in most cases with hopefully the least amount of labor um, to my clients. but sure. really makes them feel feel like they're getting great value. So that's the design phase, and then the fourth step of that is to do it. Go out and do it, and that's your sales and your marketing. But oftentimes people, they move those things around. They don't really understand. How many people have I talked to who come to me and say, oh, I created this product, I want to sell it, and I want to make $100,000 this year selling my $197 product, but they don't have a flipping list. They don't have a community. They don't have a way. They don't understand what a JV is or how to, like – like, it, they, it doesn't make sense, or they're not good writers, or they don't want to, you know, they they don't know how to create a landing. Like, whatever it is, oftentimes people just have a few things out of place, and just being clear on these four Ds will make your work so much fun, because then your business is aligned with who you are and what who you're doing it for. Does that make sense?
0: Right, yes. Yes, it, may, it makes absolute sense. And I think that when we look at a model like that, I mean, even I was looking at it in terms of some of the breakthroughs that, you know, I could experience or that others could experience. As I said, when I interview our guests here on Business Creators Radio, not only am I the host, but I'm also a student with pad and paper, out right along with everybody listening. And I think that there's a real key lesson in that. And I'll tell you the one that struck for me is you told the story about having the challenge uploading your PDF with your webinar? Yeah. <laughs> I am one of those people who can't stand when something doesn't work, I, I don't like uncertainty, I don't like things that are broke and I just go crazy over why, that would be something that would actually sometimes put me in a tailspin like why doesn't this PDF work and I think what it is, is uh, there, there's a streak of perfectionism and I think in the past there have been um, people in my life who have demanded an inordinate amount of perfectionism where if I were to go to them and say, you know what, I don't know for some reason this PDF just won't upload. I'd have to answer 37 different questions about, well, how is the PDF rendered? Why isn't it loading? How big is it? What's in the PDF? How do you make PDFs? <laughs> uh, why, why, why are you using this software? Explain to me your process for uploading a PDF. How can this be so difficult? I can do it. And, uh, and you know, and these were situations where, God help me, if I said something like, well, if you can do it so easily, show me how, because obviously I'm missing something. That would be, you know, that would be like the, the kiss of death. And you gave me something to think about. So, okay, so if the PDF doesn't upload? Fine. Uh, maybe the system's broken. So does this PDF need to be uploaded right now? Well, it looks like this item just might have to stay on my list for a while. I'm going to have to come back to the PDF later. I'm going to have to go meditate or run or just switch gears to something else right now. And if I – damn it, if I can't get that PDF to upload into that module, then we're just going to have to send them an email with a link to the PDF we'll upload on Amazon. (laughs) Because the bottom line is, the bottom line is they'll still get the PDF. And I learned in time to just push back on that and say, look, I can't get the damn PDF to upload. We're just going to have to send them an email – And, uh, the client can, you know, be all puffy if they want to, but if they're the kind of client that I want to work with, they're going to say, this is why I value you because you find your way around obstacles.
1: That's how I can tell the difference between the
0: client I want and the client I don't want. So, so Carolyn, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Believe it or not, we are actually at the top of the hour already. Ah. We have uh, just two minutes left before blog talk radio tells us that we need to, to go, uh, log off so they can move on to their next guest here. So what I'd like to do is just for one minute here, turn over the floor to you and tell our listeners if they have an interest in what you have to share or they have questions or this is something they want to explore further, how can they connect with you and how can they contact uh, so that they can explore further with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll I'll start by saying that you asked great questions today and it was really fun because you came from such a different angle and I have so much more to say on every single question you ask me. So um, one of the things that I would recommend is I do a free webinar called bizhappier.com or bizhappier, not harder. And you can go to bizhappier.com, B-I-Z-H-A-P-P-I-E-R.com and access that webinar. Um, It's, it, it it walks through the four Ds, what you can do in marketing and sales. I really cover the five levers that are so critical to, to knowing when to pull them, how to pull them, why to pull them in your business so that you can do your business your way. So that yes. you can do business unusual, so you can do business happier. So that is um, – Probably the the a, a great way for people to get started, or you can just go to my website, and that's thebiztruth.com, thebiztruth.com.
0: Yep, I'd just like to remind all of our listeners here today that if you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, just look at our archived episodes, and you will see Carolyn Herfer's profile with links to her website and her social media. So, Carolyn, once again, thank you so much for spending time with us today in education.
1: Thanks, Adam. Have a great day.
0: You bet. For everybody listening, this is Adam, both both of the Business Creators Radio Show. Until next time, take care. We'll see you.